Welcome to On The Way, where we walk through scripture in episodes that are short enough that you can listen to them on the way to your destination and deep enough to help you on the way to becoming who God created you to be. We are being sanctified. We've not yet reached perfection. We are not yet in heaven, but we are on the way. Hey, welcome to episode 37 of On The Way. Strap in, we're going to cover a lot of ground today. If you can, open up your Bible and follow along with me as I fly through these passages. We've only got four episodes to get to the Ascension. Uh, We're starting today in Luke 17, and we're going to go all the way through the middle of chapter 19. There's a theme that runs through 17, 18, and 19, and it's humility. It's summarized in Jesus' words in Luke 18, 14. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And the climax is at the end in the story of Zacchaeus. Luke 17, 11 through 19 is the story of a time that Jesus healed 10 men of leprosy because they humbled themselves and asked, They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So Jesus healed them. Later, one of them came back to Jesus to thank him. And Jesus said, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Verse 20 is the beginning of a teaching on the second coming of Christ. A Pharisee asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. Wow, I wish I could do a whole episode on that verse. The Pharisee is asking about the kingdom of God, and Jesus says, here I am. I'm the king, so the kingdom is here. Jesus says, what you should be asking is, when will I come back to earth? See, they're going to kill me, but yes, I'm coming back, he says. Luke 17, 26 through 29 says, when the son of man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. I've grown up being taught about how everything is going to get worse and worse until eventually Jesus throws up his hands in disgust and comes to rescue his children from a terribly broken world. But Jesus doesn't teach that. Jesus predicts that actually economies will thrive. People will be healthy and happy right up to the end. And that's what we're seeing today. In fact, he says, just as the gathering of vultures shows there is a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate that the end is near. Luke 17, 38. Don't look for disasters as a sign of Christ's return. Look for flourishing. Because what happens when people flourish, they become prideful. If everything is going well, why do I need Jesus? If I'm happy, why would I need to humble myself? Jesus is telling us not to be distracted by comfort and wealth in this world. Remember that Jesus is coming back and he's not going to let people into heaven based on how much money they have in this life. Verse 33 says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let your life go, you will save it. 
Chapter 18 opens with a parable about a widow who begged a judge to settle a dispute for her. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Luke 18, 4 through 5. And Jesus used this as, as an example of how we should pray. Humble yourself before the judge who has the power to do something about our circumstances. And even better, our judge actually cares about us. Verse 9 of chapter 18 starts the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank God that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow and says, Oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. Luke 18, 10 through 13. Jesus said the tax collector, not the Pharisee, went home forgiven that day. Why? Humility. Forgiveness is given when it's asked for. But self-righteous people think that they're good enough because they think they're better than other people. Because we're all sinners, we all must humble ourselves before God and ask forgiveness. Verse 15 is the famous story about the time that Jesus' disciples were trying to get some kids away from Jesus. And Jesus says, let the little children come to me. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Luke 18, 16 through 17. Why? It's a humility thing. When we get older, we think we know stuff. But humility teaches us that we might not know all that we think. We might know a little more than the little kids, but we can't begin to comprehend God. When we get mad at God because he doesn't do things that we want him to do, then he's revealing our pride. God thought, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We can't comprehend why he's doing what he's doing. So we trust. So we come to God humbly. Now we're to verse 18. A rich religious expert comes to Jesus and asks how he can get eternal life. And the surprising thing that Jesus tells him is to obey the commandments. Now, why would Jesus say this? We know that we can't be saved by obeying the commands. We've learned that by now. But this guy responds, I've obeyed all these commands since I was young, Luke 18, 21. Oh, now we see why Jesus said it. Jesus is revealing that this guy thinks he's good enough. So Jesus is about to reveal that this guy isn't good enough and he can't be good enough. Jesus says, sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, Luke 18, 22. Ouch. And then when the man heard this, he became very sad for he was very rich. Luke 18, 23. He thought he was perfect, but Jesus revealed his weakness. Then Jesus turns to his disciples and says these famous words. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Luke 18, 25. And the disciples were worried, right? Wait, if this guy's not good enough to get into heaven... Who is? And Jesus says, the only way to get into heaven is if God gets you into heaven. You can't be good enough. He says, what is impossible for people is possible with God because he is good enough. Luke 18, 27. So yes, even rich men, if they will humble themselves before God, can be saved. 
Then as Jesus arrives at Jericho, he's again telling his disciples that he's going to be killed. And while he's talking, there's a blind beggar sitting beside the road and a big crowd starts to gather around Jesus and the beggar asks, what's going on. And they told him that Jesus was going by. So the beggar started shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, Luke 18, 38. So Jesus asks the guy what he wants, and the guy says, I want to see. And Jesus heals him. Jesus says, your faith has healed you. And everyone worshiped God. Then we get to chapter 19, the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house today, for I'm going to your house today. And that's the story. Well, almost. The Sunday school song leaves out a very important detail. See, Zacchaeus was a rich tax collector. So when Jesus goes to his house, everyone's like, he's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, Luke 19, 7. But when Jesus offered salvation to Zacchaeus, he starts giving away his wealth. There's an obvious correlation here between the self-righteous, rich, religious guy in Luke 18, who left Jesus because he didn't want to give away his wealth, and the sinner Zacchaeus, who humbled himself and gave everything to God. Then Jesus delivers one of the most important lines in scripture. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Luke 19.10 Reaching lost people or healing sick people isn't something that Jesus does on the side. It is the primary mission. And we all have a part to play in that mission, right? So how well are we doing? How well will we use the gifts and talents that God has given us to reach lost people? Luke 19.11 begins the parable of the servants. It's all about investment, and it goes like this. A nobleman was called to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together ten of his servants and divided among them ten pounds of silver, saying, Invest this for me while I am gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, We don't want him to be our king. Luke 19.12-14 the king in this story is Jesus. He's going away to be crowned. That's another prediction of Jesus's ascension. But then the nobleman returns as a king. And, and when he gets back, he asks everyone to show what they have done with the money that he asked them to manage for him. The first servant invested the money and made 10 times the original amount. And the king made him governor of 10 cities. The second servant invested the money and made five times the original amount. So the king made him governor of five cities. But the third servant didn't make any profit. Because he was scared to invest the money, he gave back the money that he was given. So the king took the third servant's money and gave it to the first, the, the most successful, the most maybe risky of the servants. The third servant was overcome by fear and avoided risk. The first servant risked everything and was rewarded for it. Jesus said, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. You have been given resources that God intends you to use to grow his kingdom. 
So will you use them? Okay, we're out of time. If you're going to get together with a group to discuss this episode, we've included some discussion questions in the show notes. And if you have time, spend a few moments in prayer before your gathering. Ask God to use these passages to form you into the person he created you to be. Thank you for joining me for this episode of On The Way. Here are the discussion questions for this episode. Number one, many people have tried to predict when Jesus will return. But what did Jesus mean when he said, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs? Luke 17, 20. Number two, the judge in Luke 18 ignored the widow, but her persistence won him over. What are the differences between the unjust judge and God? Luke 18, 8. Number three, the rich religious expert walked away from Jesus because he didn't want to give up his wealth. Why is it so difficult for rich people to get into God's kingdom? Luke 18, 25. Number four, As we've seen throughout the book of Luke, Jesus prioritizes reaching lost people and sick people. Talk about someone you believe God is calling you to share your faith with. If you're not sure who that would be, ask God to bring lost people to mind. Luke 19, 10.